I love 3D tracking and I know that you cannot do the best visual effects shots that are done today with an unbelievably good 3D track. Synth Eyes, from everything I've ever looked at, has the best 2D tracking system in the world without even a close comparison. But there are things that are great in 3D Equalizer about the 2D tracker, like the search area internally is getting blurred so the tracks have less high frequency noise. So the tracks always look like really smooth. I'm like, wow, that's such a great 2D track. In Synthize, I've got to blur the entire image. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever like thing that you love to do, just do that. You have to keep doing that and keep honing your craft. And I mean hone your craft, like sharp edge, like get really good at what you love to do. It should be easy because you love to do it. Hi, and welcome to the VFX Artist Podcast. On today's episode, I have the fun job of bringing you a discussion about MashMove with Matt Merkovich from the MashMoving Company. Matt has almost three decades of industry experience in the VFX industry, having been pivotal for the MashMove behind Minority Report, Star Trek Voyager, The Amazing Spider-Man, and more. During today's discussion, Matt and I discuss why he thinks Synthize is the best MashMoving software out there. We also go on to discuss MashMoving principles, cameras, compare MashMoving softwares like 3D Colors and PF Track, discuss the future of match moving and more. Let's get to it. Oh, I'm quite excited actually to have you on the show, Matt. So I'm very Matt. excited to be here and I'm very, very happy <laughs> to have been invited. So thank you. Your journey seems um, incredible. Like you've been going since 1995. So, and in your, your, your move work is, it's incredible. And, as far as I know, you're the only person that I know that uses synthize. Really? Um, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. The only one that I've come across, at least in the UK. Yeah, sure. Because, we, yeah. yeah, we don't. I, I, yeah. I get that. Um, I don't want to interrupt you, but it, you just mm. reminded me of something. Like, there was a time, like, uh, mm. like Soft Image. You know, we mm-hmm. were, oh, yeah. And it became very regional. It was like if you were in a particular part of the world, it was like everybody was using yeah. soft image there. And then mm. if you were in another mm-hmm. part of the world, it would be a different 3D app. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I find that these regional you know, di- yeah. dialects of software yeah. preference are really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's I'm very much looking forward to you. Finding out about your your experiences using synthize and I, I mean generally of the industry as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But even your own words, if you're able to just tell us a bit about yeah, yourself in 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 the right way, in the right order, and and just yeah <laughs> about the industry and <laughs> all sorts. So. so to start with an introduction to me, 
I think a good place to start is where, where what I what my loves are in terms of the mm-hmm. world of film and how okay, like yeah. what path I took to get here. So mm-hmm. it's not for me. It's not about the credit list or about like what software. Of course, yeah. It's a, it's about when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. We used to, there was a UHF channel here, so the ultra right. high frequency channel, like all the mm-hmm. channel eighteen and. And I, I was in Milwaukee yeah. at the time, uh, okay. in Wisconsin, kind of in the like mm-hmm. middle of the Midwest. Okay. And I would watch these UHF movies on Friday night, late at night, like 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And it would either be like a hammer horror film, like, you know, some mm-hmm. Dracula film or yeah. like something uh, starring, you know, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. they would show shows from Toho, which were all the Japanese monster movies. Right. Loved those. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got all the old Sinbad movies. Uh, you've got all the Ray Harryhausen films. And so mm-hmm. that's where it started for me, like watching, okay. you know, these skeletons, these stop motion skeletons climb out of the ground and then like mm-hmm. with swords yeah. and you go... Mm-hmm. As a child, it just captures your imagination. It's always like, sure, yeah. wow, how how do they do that? That was always mm-hmm. like where my that's where my interest in okay. visual effects came from. Sure, yeah. Originally, special effects. So yeah. uh, then, as I got older, and I I would you know make my own movies uh, on mm-hmm. VHS tape. <laughs> you had like, yeah. Did they have? VHS pal that was that ever a thing yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah 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 I mean I know I yeah. know all the technical things I just was thinking uh, anyway yeah sure yeah so <laughs> we would make movies on VHS tape and then you know mm-hmm. they would air on like local public access cable TV right. uh you know, this is before the internet before YouTube before mm-hmm. yeah. any of that yeah um yeah. So I've always been a storyteller, always been a filmmaker who okay. ended up doing visual effects. Right. So to me, the visual effects component of the filmmaking was always a secondary. It was always a, this is a yeah. tool that we use to help tell the story. And so every visual mm-hmm. effects shot I've ever done has always mm-hmm. been, how can I best help tell the story from my little corner of the you know, sure. way over, yeah. <laughs> over there? Yeah. Yeah. Every everybody's working in visual effects. You you have that uh, responsibility, like to help tell the story. Um, So that's, I think that's a good encapsulation of like who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody can go look at my IMDb and go, "Oh, those are the movies you worked on." But yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Okay. So your your interest and your 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 love for film. Did you then have to go study something related to to film, or did you? When did you get into the industry? I guess that's a whole other. Like, that's a whole other yeah. thing. So yeah. I never went to film school. Mm-hmm. I never actually graduated from high school. Right. So that's not bad. I mean. <laughs> Right. So when I was when I was a senior in high school, twelfth grade, mm. um, I had started a production company in Milwaukee. 
Right. Wow. So I'm okay. like was 17, 18 years old. And we're like, hey, yeah. we're gonna make TV commercials for these local companies <laughs> and yeah, and like shoot industrial video for these companies because we can't make a you know mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Wisconsin like way and not even in milwaukee i'm like in a little tiny sub like not even a suburb like a little town about 35 miles away so how do you you know how do you actualize that dream and still like (laughs) make some money so that you can live yeah so i started a production company and by the time i was a senior uh mcdonald's uh hired me to go to to fly to new york and shoot the macy's thanksgiving day parade in the parade so i was in the parade with this giant Mm -hmm. ikigami camera and a huge Mm -hmm. deck yeah (laughs) walking the whole length of the parade just shooting video for them which then got edited together and yeah um and we had a few other clients like pizza hut was one and right Anyway, those were the bigger ones. Mm. And then there was always this smaller, yeah. like really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, I moved to Los Angeles because Hollywood. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> movies. Yeah. And I moved there and uh, it was, you know, I just kind of crowbarred my way in. Uh, I bought a video toaster. What's oh, that? Oh, yeah. What's that? So if you watch <laughs> if you watch Wayne's World, there's um, right. uh, Wayne. I'm sorry, Garth is wearing a video toaster T-shirt in, in one of the scenes. Right. And uh, okay. Garth, of course, played by Dana Carvey, and Brad Carvey, his brother, mm-hmm. was the engineer who designed the circuit board, like the designed the hardware okay. to make this thing called the video mm-hmm. toaster, which was a right. card that fit in an Amiga computer. Right. And it had a video switcher so you could have multiple camera inputs and you could go camera one, camera okay. two, you know. Mm-hmm. And then okay. uh, it had um, like a character generator, like a mm-hmm. Chiron. And then it had a bunch, like little things like that. But mm-hmm. it had Lightwave, Lightwave 3D. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, as soon as I opened up Lightwave, I was like, wait a minute, there's mm-hmm. a camera in here and there are yeah, lights crazy camera. and yeah. I can place Oof. set pieces and I could actually shoot mm. a movie right mm-hmm. here. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is like breathtaking <laughs> to me. Yeah. I have to actually yeah. back up a little bit because the first movie I ever made, I was nine years old. I had a, right. I had wow. a Super 8 camera and it was a... I shot a stop motion uh, movie of dinosaurs mm-hmm. and it, I did it for science class. Yeah. It was like, you're, Hey, you have to do mm-hmm. a report. And you're like, okay. In class report to the rest of the students. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah. And so I made this movie of dinosaurs and they were all fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is I didn't research anything. I didn't know anything about right. dinosaurs, but I knew what they looked mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And I knew what they looked like attacking each other from all the Ray Maryhausen <laughs> movies I watched. Yeah. So it was really just a stop motion animation exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, at the end, the I turn the lights on. I'm so nervous. And the class is mm. just like, what did you see? <laughs> and the teacher is yeah. silent. 
And yeah. the teacher finally goes, clap. <laughs> and it starts, literally starts the slow clap from the right. 1980s movies. And the class just yeah. erupts in cheers. And then I, I got an A. And I was like, wow. Right. And I learned this like terrible lesson that I don't actually need to know anything. I just mm -hmm. need to make movies. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> you fast forward to that point where I'm looking at Lightwave and I'm like, hey, I could actually mm -hmm. do that right in here. Yeah. Sure, so yeah. that's where I started in visual effects. I started out with what we called mm -hmm. back then 3D animation, mm -hmm. what yep. everybody now calls CG or CGI, yep. which, which mm. I hate. <laughs> I do. I hate it. I, I'm t I tell people all the time. It's like, you can call yep. it CGI as soon as I can read mm -hmm. a typewriter generated book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just go straight to the point, right? It's just animation. It's so. a, it's, yeah. You're doing yeah. 3d animation. So it's not, yeah. you know, it's not computer generated imagery. Yeah. You're making it. Yeah, it's not AI generated. It's artist generated imagery. <laughs> And the yep. paintbrush is the computer, and mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. I've been fighting this battle. I've been tilting at this windmill <laughs> my entire career since, since yep. CGI came to be. And that whole term mm -hmm. CGI, like I was there when it was born. Uh, right. Because I started, like, you you know, you mentioned Star Trek Voyager, Deep Space Nine. Before that, mm -hmm. I was on Babylon 5, and then mm -hmm. uh, we you know, the show space above and beyond and like all these flying spaceship shows. Yeah. So CGI was born during that time period. And then later I actually got in an argument with someone online. <laughs> about, about. I, never do, but I got in an argument about the term CGI and they were like, Oh, it doesn't, right. it doesn't stand for computer generated in uh, computer generated imagery. Right. It stands for computer graphics. And I was like, right. Oh yeah. It's just like, you're just retconning what happened. It, I was there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I I did computer animation, and it was mostly mm -hmm. I started out my career flying spaceships around. And so, you know, my early childhood love of, of seeing Star Wars in the theater when mm. I was like what, sure. 13 years old, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, you're eyes light up and you're like wow yeah, yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. do that and then i ended up working mm -hmm. on not star wars i didn't have worked on any of the star wars franchise but i did end up working on star trek yeah. which i always loved of course yeah yeah so yeah that uh, kind of meandered around a little bit there but mm. <laughs> that kind of gives you yeah. a, another picture yeah how did you go from lightwave to 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 tracking and much movies i have a, so I'm I have a very um specific answer to that question Right. And uh, I was working at a company back then called Digital Muse. And that's where okay. we were actually working on Star Trek Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and various okay. other shows and projects. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still mm -hmm. around, Muse, and, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm still in contact with them. Uh, <clears throat> so we, one of those projects that was not Star, Star Trek, that was... Mm -hmm. Not, it was uh, a music video for the Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. My wife loves them. Backstreet <laughs> Boys. Yeah. 
And yeah. it was the, the song was Larger Than Life. I'll never forget. Okay. Because when you're working on a music video, yeah. the music video is playing constantly <laughs> and the song is playing constantly. So, yeah. If you're not a fan of the Backstreet Boys and that's what you're doing, mm, yeah, um, yeah, of course. The visual effects supervisor of that is named Chris. Oh my gosh, I'm so like it's been so many years. I am so embarrassed. I didn't remember Chris Watts's name, and Chris was instrumental in pioneering digital color grading with his work on the movie Pleasantville. Just read his bio on the IMDb. Truly talented and important guy in the history of visual effects. And it's ridiculous. I could not remember his name, Chris. Um, <laughs> He actually uh, worked on, uh, what's the name of that? Pleasantville. Okay. And Pleasantville was one of the first movies. It was, I think, the first movie where every frame of film was scanned, mm -hmm. brought into the computer, and could be mm -hmm. color corrected. Right. Because you needed to, to like switch from this totally black and white film to mm -hmm. parts of it being color and mm -hmm. well chris was the visual effects supervisor of this backstreet boys video which was directed right. by joseph khan mm -hmm. and uh very talented director mm -hmm. i so i tried to do the the 3d tracking on that in right. 3d studio max Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw the look on your face. You're like, what? Why would anybody try to do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there were there were um there was like a really rudimentary, very shabby, okay. like 3D tracking okay. thing built right into Max. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna okay. do it with that. Mm -hmm. I've always been a bit of an iconoclast that way. Like, you know, when I got started in Lightwave, you have to remember yeah. everybody was working in Alias Power Animator or Soft Image, and they're like, yeah. and we would get a lot of pushback like from those people, like, oh, you can't do good anything in Lightwave. I right. mean, that's just mm -hmm. crap. So yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. And they were like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna prove you wrong, and then, <laughs> well, the yeah. same thing. So I was like, I'm gonna do this, and the only, I think, the only 3D tracking software really at the time. Mm -hmm may have been Buju, maybe. Right. Um, okay. 3D Equalizer may have been like in its very earliest incarnations there, mm -hmm. but I was unaware of sure. it completely. Buju, mm -hmm. everybody would talk about Buju. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm gonna do it in this shabby little mm -hmm. junky thing. And then mm -hmm. I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is really bad. <laughs> this is not working. Um, sometimes solves wouldn't work and it would be, it was so much banging my mm -hmm. head against the wall. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first time I did 3D tracking. And then there was one point where Chris looked at me and he said, he said these words, why don't you get some real software? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And at the time I was still using Lightwave and but I was just switching mm -hmm. over to 3D Studio Max. And uh there was a piece of there was a plugin for 3D Studio Max called okay. Scene Genie. And it was okay. written by Russ Anderson. Russ, of course, 
we all now know is the mm-hmm. author of synth eyes Mm-hmm. And uh, but he wrote this piece of software called Scene Genie, which was not designed for 3D tracking, match moving, anything like that. What it could do though right. is you could set up these inverse uh, calculations to solve for anything. So you could right. do like telescopic tel- telescoping IK, or mm-hmm. like you could put like a an object on a track on a spline, and then have like an art like a crane like an arm come off of it that had like a telescoping part and you could set up you could rig this whole thing so you could just pull on the end of the of the crane and it would pull it along the track and solve all of the kinematics and it was amazing but it was like Mm -hmm. beyond anything that could be done in any software to this day like like you get into houdini and you'd be like this is hard Mm. I don't know if that's still true, but back then I could create like a chain, like an IK link chain Mm -hmm. where the Mm -hmm. first link of the chain would connect to the last link of the chain and I could pull Mm -hmm. any part of the chain and it would never break, even though it was a a totally closed loop. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. Um, I never used Scene Genie for that. Right. <laughs> I did go to a, a trade show. It was the National Association of Broadcasters Convention, the NAB show in Las Vegas. Yep. And uh, they had a, a booth there. And I talked to Russ and I was like, hey, you know, the way your software is set up, I bet if you just mm-hmm. put a front end on it and made like an interface so that I could do 2D tracking and mm-hmm. then set up you know, a few things you could probably yeah. be doing camera solves very easily. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I got a call about a month later and he's like, Hey, uh, you want to, you want to take a look at this thing that I've done? And it was, <laughs> yeah. so it was this totally built in 3d tracking system within scene genie, mm-hmm. a plugin right. for 3d studio max. Mm-hmm. And that is what I used to do all of the tracking on the, mm-hmm. uh, analysis room for Minority okay. Report. So right. every single time you see Tom Cruise manipulating clues in that yep. screen, there were only two tracks that I did not do. And it was, we hired right. another guy and it was like, it's not really working. <laughs> Give him some we still shit. got a full credit right up there. Right All right. Me. But yeah, yeah, it was, I yeah. did nearly every single shot. Um, right, yeah, and right. more, there's more that I did in, in Minority Report than just the 3d mm-hmm. tracking i also there were there were like cg elements that were built mm-hmm. like uh in the analysis room when the camera would tilt up and you see the ceiling mm-hmm. with the precog vision display that was all mm-hmm. i rendered all of that right. in 3d studio max right. and tracked it mm-hmm. of course but i was the guy who did all the lighting lighters the lighting the shaders so right yeah Sure. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So that's a that's another long winding story <laughs> of like how I got from doing 3D animation mm. to match moving. I guess. Yeah. I'm quite curious to to find out how that process went with with the shots in my minority report. So was this the pipeline set up to be working on plates as we currently are 
doing. Oh, back then it was a very different thing here. I'm going to step away for a right. second and I'm going to come back. Yep. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gone. I'm not gone. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we have this thing back then called film. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This is actually a roll of VFX film outs from mm-hmm. uh, the movie uh, Mission Impossible. Right. So we would get the film and we mm-hmm. would scan it. We'd run it into a film scanner and it would mm-hmm. make these, you know, we wouldn't even scan it 4K. Uh, everything was scanned at 2K, <laughs> 2048 by 1556. Right. Full aperture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. The aspect ratio wasn't widescreen. It was like the whole frame. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So then we would do all of the work and the the LUTs that we would use are just like 2D LUTs. They would just be okay. one column of numbers in, mm-hmm. I think the scans were all 12-bit. Um, and then, so you have that one column of numbers and then you'd have the 10-bit column mm-hmm. over here. And then you just say these right. values equal these values. And it was all mm-hmm. encoded logarithmically okay. in, in log color space, so to speak. Okay. And the yeah. reason that was done is because the human eye can mostly see things in the midtones and you mm-hmm. really don't see, you know, the, your ability to make out detail in the darks, not so good. Mm-hmm. Also in the highlights, say so we, it would be yeah. this S log or this S curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and that was how all of that was done. Oh, and the reason it was done that way is because mm-hmm. hard drives were expensive, computers yep. were slow. Right. So, you know, we wanted to take these big pieces of data and shrink them as much as we could while retaining as much sure. information as we could. Mm-hmm. And you ended up with, yeah. uh, what was the file format? The, Cin- the Cineon file format. So we get .cin files, which later became DPX files. Mm-hmm. And those DPX files then had a mm-hmm. bunch of metadata, which contained even more information. And then, it, you right. know, we are where we are today. Everything is EXRs typically. Mm. And uh, yeah. 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 Can we, can we discuss the evolution of aspect ratios in, in, in your time as a, as a, as an artist? Uh, well, I guess you've, you've gone through all oh. of them. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's the deal. <laughs> They say a goldfish grows to the size of its bowl. <laughs> so with yeah. your VFX shots, so the shots we were doing mm. way back, way, way mm-hmm. back, you know, we were doing those uh, on the first digital format of videotape, mm-hmm. which would be D1. Yeah. So D1, the, the resolution of D1 was 720 by 486. Right. Wow. Rendering at 720 by 486. <laughs> What a glorious time. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked me earlier, you're like, wow, how have you been doing it? I'm like, I'm exhausted. I just <laughs> I just finished a bunch of episodes on another show. Everything mm-hmm. was either 8K, 6K, right. or when I was lucky, mm-hmm. 5K. Right. Wow. But so much 8K footage, and it's like mm-hmm. the computer, mm-hmm. it, it just brings mm-hmm. it back to that. Wow, I feel like I'm working on a an Amiga computer again. Yeah. And everything is slow. Mm-hmm. Everything is slowed way yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's generally how I feel about all of it. 
It's like, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and that, so that's not so much an aspect mm. ratio response, no. but you know, when it comes to mm-hmm. different aspect ratios, mm. the other thing I can say is the latest fad and what I'm seeing a lot of lately is uh, mm-hmm. anamorphic footage mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. widescreen anamorphic for everything. Yeah, for everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get I, lately. I just get surprised when I get on a show that's not anamorphic. Right. It's, it's just yeah. I think, I think based on what I've seen in, the, mm-hmm. you know, as time goes forward, I think it's a bit of a fad. Mm-hmm. I think that it's popular. I don't know why some people use it because as a filmmaking mm-hmm. tool, because you should mm-hmm. always be using your tools to help tell the story. You have yeah. to ask, is this story best told mm-hmm. with an anamorphic lens, which the anamorphic lens will give you a wider view of the world. So you get mm-hmm. to like, you know, move your head more and like, look, oh, look, yeah. that's happening way over there. And, oh, look, mm-hmm. that's happening way over there. Yeah, that's really interesting. But more importantly, the other fad is that everything has got an, a, mm-hmm. a depth of field, which is this short yeah Yeah. like why everything is like that so nothing you're doing is unique like the things that you like oh i'm gonna do this because it's so you know cool looking it's like it's Mm -hmm. cool looking in the same way that every single other thing is cool looking and therefore it all becomes Mm -hmm. like easy to ignore so yeah you know you get these cameras now with these gigantic sensors like the sony venice yeah and everything's so shallow depth of field that it's yeah silly yeah i mean just, i've been noticing that but it's it feels a bit out of yep. place for film um yeah it's just because you'd, you'd expect that as a photograph yeah. like a still image but not yeah film, these are so but just... these are fads and they come and go and so they're popular mm. now and they won't be popular in a while yeah. and mm-hmm. you know we just have to mm-hmm. adapt you and i as yeah. visual effects artists in this field we just have to mm-hmm. yeah. adapt yeah yeah how's your experience been working on anamorphic shots uh, in in synthesis? okay so um truthfully and i love synthize mm. so like i said russ when i worked on minority report i was using mm-hmm. software that was yeah. written by him and then later mm-hmm. that, that company got dissolved and he started his own company with just him mm-hmm. and uh that's when SynthEyes was created as a standalone application, not a plugin for 3D Studio Max, not mm-hmm. just by itself. Yeah. Um, and if I wasn't the first user, I was certainly mm-hmm. one of the three first <laughs> of users. Course. Yeah, of so course, yeah. I have used SynthEyes since its very beginning. I've also used mm-hmm. uh, 3D Equalizer. I've also used mm-hmm. um, Buju. Okay. Uh, PF track a little tiny, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any others that I've forgotten, but I always have preferred SynthEyes because okay. of its capabilities. There are some things that, uh, you know, that SynthEyes can do that I don't see any of these mm-hmm. other 3D tracking, these pieces of matchmaking software right. can do because they can. They can even it, you mean even till this day? Yeah, to this day. What, I mean, what kind of what? Yeah, it it has to do with uh, 
and this is a great conversation because there is a point where I want to like ask you these questions. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so with synth eyes, the, uh, all the GOH tracking stuff, none mm-hmm. of those fe- none of those features exa- at all exist in the 3d equalizer. None. So with right. the GOH tracking in synth eyes, it's reminiscent of some of the, uh, scene genie plugin things that i was mm-hmm. talking about all that inverse kinematic stuff yeah yep. it's a bit like that so i can actually create a rig and then with that rig i can in mm-hmm. watch it play and like mm-hmm. solve things and look at how it looks and then go, mm-hmm. no, no, that doesn't look right. Make some adjustments, go back, play it again and look at it. And and it's, I'm mm-hmm. not doing any solves. I'm not like having to then go render it. Uh, mm-hmm. The GOH tracking stuff in and of itself is incredible. Um, some of the multiple camera, uh, like being able to link things together is so right. easy in synthize. Like being able okay. to link camera A and camera B and their, their features that they have in common those things yeah. are built in such a way that it's so simple. I mean, I've got a bunch of tutorials right. about it on, on my mm-hmm. YouTube channel that yeah. you can watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. There's a thing in Synthize called Cynthia, mm-hmm. which right. everybody, nobody understands it. Everybody, everybody <laughs> thinks it's like Siri or, you know. Right. It sounds like one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> you can talk to it yeah. and it'll, no, 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 no. <laughs> What it is, you basically have this growing database of instructions, almost like a scripting right. language, but you can define, like if you're if you're doing seashell stuff, if you're doing um, mm-hmm. like Unix shell stuff, you know, you can mm-hmm. define commands and, and that sort of thing, make mm-hmm. uh, functions. Well, with... With Cynthia, I have been able to automate our entire version zero process all through right. commands that are like kind of plain English, like right. load this thing or, or like, you know, click and wait for the user to load the sequence mm-hmm. and then always giving them like instructions in a window. Like, here's what sure. you do next. Here's mm-hmm. what you do next. Sure. And it's a bit like scripting that way. But there are some things like, because they're just functions that you can directly, you can even, you can speak it into synthize. You can use your microphone or you can just type it and you can say, make camera one's transform camera two's transform. And it'll go burp. And your cameras are like, oh, they're, they're perfect. They're all perfectly aligned. Mm-hmm. Right. Things like that endlessly. Like mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like how much mm-hmm. of that, like beyond, like without going into doing a whole yeah, tutorial sure, yeah. on Cynthia, mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. So yeah. let me back up and like talk about something that I gave as advice that I think is bad mm-hmm. advice. There was a point right. where I was like, when you're putting tracking markers on things, just mm-hmm. use dots. Just please just use dots. Right. And, mm-hmm. and when yeah. I made that video, this was my like, guide to tracking marker guideline or whatever mm-hmm. video long time ago. <laughs> I made that really for the show I was on so that the, I could send it to the post people on that show. So right. that I could right. send it to production. 
mm-hmm. because you know it did a lot of monitor burn-ins and they would okay. put these goofy markers like they would take like tape yeah. and put it like big on the bezel of the monitor yeah. and like yeah. why yeah. are you doing this and then half the time you'd only see one marker in the shot and you'd be like, what, right okay what are you yeah. doing <laughs> stop <laughs> um so I preferred dots back then because those were the types of shots that I really cared about. But, yep. you know, when when you're looking at different shaped tracking markers, you know, you've got typically mm-hmm. you've got plus signs and you've got little L's and you've got, you know, mm-hmm. diamonds and yeah. whatever. Triangles now. Those yeah. are good uh, to disambiguate. And you know what I'm talking about, to disambiguate. Like mm-hmm. when the camera tilt pans this way and then, and then comes yep. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what tracking marker was that? Well, if it's just a dot, you can't really tell. Yeah. Especially if there's yeah. a lot of motion blur and you're like, oh, yeah. you know, which which of yeah, those, yeah. like, I don't want to pick up the wrong marker. Yeah. So yes, mm-hmm. absolutely on shots where you're shooting, you know, where you're putting markers up on blue or green screen, you know, use mm-hmm. your L's, use your pluses, use your diamonds. Those are really mm-hmm. helpful. Do not, <laughs> do not, and I only say this because I care about the compositors. Yeah, of course. I mean, you are, you've been a compositor. Right, I've been a compositor. compositor. I care about these people <laughs> downstream of me. I care about you. Yep. I, yep. I love you, compositor. <laughs> I don't want you, like, there, there are two options when this happens. Don't use... Don't use hot pink tape marks on a blue screen right. and don't use big mm-hmm. orange things on a green screen. Mm-hmm. It's sure, yeah. really not necessary. It's <laughs> really not. I mean, if, if you just used white on green, it would be better. Um, right. And nine, nine times out of 10, we don't even care what color it is because you can track things in grayscale and it's mm-hmm. perfectly yep. good. So, uh, <laughs> the other option, like if, if you're the compositor, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, I've got to go in and I've got to deal with all of this, like, you know, blonde actress's hair crossing from the hot pink to the blue or the orange to the mm-hmm. green. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, what a nightmare. And then you're recreating hair yeah. and whatnot in the comp or mm-hmm. you off, you outsource it to rehabilitate the green screen. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and I, I don't like that idea either. I, mean, I want to keep yeah. like all the work mm-hmm. being done by the same people yeah. so that they, mm-hmm. that they continuity. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, please don't, don't do that. <laughs> please, please don't do that. <laughs> so um, can we discuss the, the evolution of just like software and just tech in terms of like machines that you were using at the time and comparing to where we are right at, at right now just how have you adapted to the changes and as well as with having to learn and relearn like i guess like updates and new tools from you know, yeah like i hear you yeah to stay relevant yeah yeah, yeah. how have you been <laughs> so you you've been jumping around in your timeline of like questions and i'm going to yeah. jump around in yeah. my timeline of prepared answers because I yeah. know I've watched a few episodes of the VFX Artist Podcast, which mm. is brilliant. And like, I love, yeah, like some of your guests are so good. And the stuff like, 
Like I was like, my eyes were lighting up when Hugo was talking about, I don't really like Star Wars. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So with regard to your question about software, mm-hmm. develop, you know, adapting and new hardware, mm-hmm. one of the, so one of the questions you always ask is what's advice you would give to a young person yep. who is entering this area? Mm-hmm. And one of my pieces yep. of advice, and I will read it to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, Get good at learning software. Right. <laughs> it's a skill, like the skill of mm-hmm. learning software. Get good at learning yeah. software. Because if I went through all of the software I have used... Mm-hmm. I have composited yeah. in, uh, obviously, Nuke, obviously, mm-hmm. Shake, uh, um, Combustion, uh, Autodesk's mm-hmm. Combustion, and then um, Chalice. Nobody on your VFX right. podcast that I've seen so far has even mentioned Chalice. I haven't yeah, heard Chalice of Chalice. was like the... It, mm-hmm. they, they bundled it with Houdini at one point, way back, like Houdini right. 1.0. And the interface for Chalice was even the same looking interface. The icons were the same Mm -hmm. as Houdini. Uh, I remember the first, I actually beta Mm -hmm. tested Houdini. Like I was working on Houdini 0.9. Right. And all of the, all of the um, uh, wave, not wavefront. uh, Who, what was, what was Houdini before it was Houdini? What was Houdini before it was Houdini? Prisms. Prisms was the predecessor to Houdini. It was Prisms. But before Houdini was Houdini, there was mm-hmm. another piece of software which was made by the same guy who, okay. you know, was just, I'm now going to do this new software, new architecture. Greg Hermanovic, I remember mm-hmm. his name. Uh, yeah. Before, you know, I think he's not even a a part of side effects anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, all the people who used that uh, old software called Houdini, who did this? <laughs> and they would describe it as like <laughs> taking a Ferrari and ripping out the steering wheel and replacing it with a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's so much better now. It's so much yeah, better sure, now. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. But get good at learning software because you're going to be learning software. Um, Fusion, I forgot Fusion. Mm. I got to still mention Fusion. Right, of course. Because yeah. I was using Fusion yeah. way back in the Star Trek days. And yeah. I, I'm back to using Fusion now. Okay. And right. we use it for all. Our entire QC pipeline is built on Blackmagic products. We do all of our VFX mm-hmm. editorial in uh, Resolve. Yeah. And we do yeah. all of our uh, lens distortion QC through Fusion. So, mm-hmm. okay. Learn, get good at learning software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. It's going to change. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. All the time. But I'm, yeah, I'm curious how, how, how you, you, you've, you adapted to, to, to the changes for so long because I mean, from from your videos on YouTube, you're you're constantly, I mean, learning and always out and about trying to create something. So, 
I think that's the key. I think you just hit it right there. Like, Mm. I think, you know, for Mm. anybody doing this, whatever it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. whatever like thing that you Mm -hmm. love to do, Mm -hmm. just do that. You have to keep doing Mm -hmm. that and keep honing your Mm -hmm. craft. Mm -hmm. I mean, hone your craft, like sharp edge, like get really good at what you love to do. It should be easy. Because you love to do it. Yeah, sure, yeah. Like, you know, mm. I love writing. And yeah. so for me to learn skills of constructing sure. story, story structure, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, I enjoy learning that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is important. Like, keep making things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But I'm curious about how you were educating yourself and problem problem solving um like on 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 shots um around the time of minority report because i i guess there was you there was no youtube at the time was there youtube at the time yeah yeah of course so i'm just curious how you were problem solving shots um and just getting shots to work regardless of the limited amounts of information you had or community yeah possibly wasn't as abandoned as it is currently so that word community is so important Mm -hmm. so that's that's the other thing about like what what advice i would give to young people entering this Mm -hmm. none of this is about software none of it it's Mm -hmm. all about Mm -hmm. the people it's Mm -hmm. all about the people so who can you call when you're in trouble, mm-hmm. who can you, who can you reach out to and say, Hey, I'm like, I'm having a little bit of a sticky spot here. And what can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, those relationships are what is going to save you over and over and mm-hmm. over. And not only that, but you're going to like have beautiful people in your life. Yeah, sure, so yeah. yeah, yeah, bring more people in and, and then to mm-hmm. that end, and this is advice. So that advice is advice to myself mm-hmm. when I was younger mm-hmm. that when I was younger, I would not have taken because I was too <laughs> arrogant and self-aggrandizing, whatever. <laughs> so don't make that mistake either. <laughs> like I would rather have yeah. somebody on my team who mm-hmm. was not technically mm-hmm. as good, but who was mm-hmm. fun to be around and easy to get along with and was like worked with everyone well that's mm-hmm. so much more important yeah sure do, do you get challenged anymore by the shots these days yeah because because yeah. as you said earlier every single shot is different mm-hmm. every shot's different every shot is so because it's my <laughs> company because i'm typically yeah. producing all of these jobs uh mm-hmm. I, I have to bid everything and so when mm-hmm. you do bids for 3D tracking, the two yep. biggest components, the two biggest factors that you have to take mm-hmm. into consideration are shot length. Because if you're mm-hmm. tracking a shot that's 5,000 frames long, <laughs> which I've done, yep. or you're tracking a shot that's 24 frames long, they're each going to have mm-hmm. their own individual challenges just because of shot length. And then you've got to mm-hmm. take into consideration the difficulty factor. So we take into consideration things mm-hmm. like occlusion, actor occlusions, um, mm-hmm. camera motion, 
what kind of lenses on the camera in terms of anamorphic, mm-hmm. spherical, uh, and then you know what else is being tracked? Is it an object track within the space of the 3D camera track? Is it multiple object tracks? Is it a GeoH mm-hmm. track connected mm-hmm. to an object for rotamation? Mm-hmm. Is it deformation yeah. tracking? Is it mm-hmm. so all of these things get taken into consideration? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of those things are the definition, are the you know, they, they are what makes each shot unique. And so every mm-hmm. shot is going to have a different difficulty factor. Yep. Some shots are more challenging. Some shots are less challenging. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, you see them. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to pick your mind about the feature of, of 3D tracking. And um, I'm yeah. I'm so with... glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the increase like AI and yeah. just advanced technology. So, so well, I, I see to... people talk about this. I've seen people talk about this for decades, for like for a long, right. long time. Like, you know, as computers mm. advance, you know, am I going to be out of mm-hmm. a job? Are they going to automate me out of mm-hmm. a job? Yep. This is true of every mm-hmm. industry. Are you are you yep. an auto worker? Do you make cars? Oh, are they going to make robots mm. that remove me from the job? All right. Every single mm. job, uh, yeah. which is the the goal of the capitalists running all of this. <laughs> they <Yeah>. want <laughs> zero cost of labor and yeah. 100% profit to put in their offshore mm-hmm. bank account. So yeah. <laughs> um, what I don't think... The pe- like so they always look at the lowest common denominator first and they look mm-hmm. at you know uh, roto they're gonna like totally automate roto and it'll be like mm-hmm. nobody will ever be able to roto again mm. 3d tracking's next on the chopping block yeah well they're mm. gonna come up with a camera that's got all this stuff built into it and you want that and it's mm. like you gotta th- if you're thinking about machine learning, You've got Mm -hmm. to think about art in a much bigger way because they're going to replace the whole movie making process. They're not going to need actors. They're not going to need cinematographers. They're not going to need Mm -hmm. anybody because they'll be able to type a few words in and then it'll make that Mm -hmm. uh, in a, in some two dimensional medium. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, you know, this is going to happen in steps. It'll happen in stages. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not necessarily terribly uh, concerned about like 3D tracking being taken mm-hmm. over completely. What I'm seeing yeah. more is like performance capture happening right. on an AI level, which is how. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I think it's a bigger, bigger thing. And I also think medium changes are something that people don't talk about very much, but is happening now. Mm-hmm. Something I talked about again, like at least 15 years ago, I said, they're going to, they're going to stop right. shooting movies on cameras. You'll basically mm-hmm. have a bunch of, of, of volumetric cameras that basically are shooting mm-hmm. high frame rate LIDAR from multiple angles mm-hmm. that all get stitched together in real time. And then mm-hmm. produce 
live performances with topology and the whole thing. And then you can choose where you want to put the camera later. And sure. why doesn't the, you know, and so you don't, you don't really hear the mm-hmm. directors of photography going, oh, I'm so worried about this, yeah. but it's coming. <laughs> it's, it's all <laughs> coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So just yesterday I was speaking to a friend of mine and he sent me the the new trailer or just there's a demo of nuke 14 and he was like oh it's over <laughs> it's over because there's there's so much ai um coming in into into yeah. into nuke and yeah so but i think yeah like as you said you you've <clears throat> seen it like there's i just saw um like a news clip and i i forget what news mm-hmm. agency it was but they had uh zelensky the leader of Ukraine, right. like on a stage mm-hmm. with multiple cameras, and they were basically creating a volumetric version of him that they could then place mm-hmm. in any location. Right. I was like, that's yeah. the thing I described. Yeah. I just, I've been describing that for a long time. It's yeah. only going to get more mm-hmm. uh, refined. It's only going to get higher resolution. It's only going to get better. So mm-hmm. it's it's beyond your, your friend t- showing you Nuke. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. much bigger. Yeah, yeah sure, but yeah. Uh, I will say this about synthize. There's there's uh, machine learning stuff in there too, um, where where uh, you'll if you set it up if you give it the okay, it will send off what mm-hmm. like little two D features you're tracking to a centralized server that then analyzes them to make the two D tracker better. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. 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 Cool. Interesting. Okay. Seeing as we are, we are, we've just touched on synthesize, and also you said you mentioned that you've you've tried three D equalizer. Um, I mean, personally, I haven't used synthesize just because. Okay, so I started off using PF mm-hmm. Track when I go into the industry in 2011, and this was for the commercials industry. Yeah. So PF Track was predominantly used, and then it was only when I went into film that. I had to switch for 3D equalizer because it's the industry standard. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's partly why the reason why I use 3D equalizer. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm curious, seeing as you've used both to a degree, um, I'm just curious to find out your your opinions on on 3D equalizer and what, yeah, how you find it, what you think it. it it does best and yeah, there are, there are things that I, I don't have a bad thing to say about any software. Like mm-hmm. I think that every pipeline mm-hmm. in every VFX company should be software agnostic because everybody's mm-hmm. going to have their own preference and what they're good at. Yeah. And the only thing you really mm-hmm. care about is the result and does it plug into your pipeline and still all play well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sure. cool. Uh, that said, I don't have anything bad to say mm-hmm. about 3D Equalizer. There's a lot of good mm-hmm. things I have to say about it. Some of the good sure. things, like um, the user interface, the way the user interface is designed, mm-hmm. how how like easy it is to move your sure, windows yeah. around. Yeah. The only piece of software mm-hmm. I've seen that's better at that is Blender. Mm-hmm. Okay, of yeah, course, yeah. Blender, yes, you just course. go, you know, I want another mm-hmm. window. I want that to be a graph mm-hmm. editor. And I want this window, and I just drag this over. And it's so yeah. easy. 
In Synthize, you have to mm -hmm. go into the window. Uh, there's a window editor, which is fairly easy to use, right. but it, you know, you're going into another place and you're, mm -hmm. and you don't get to okay. see the result happen in front of your eyes sure. until you hit the okay button. Right. And then you go, great. All right. Um, that I love. There are, there's another mm -hmm. thing which I've never used, but I'm really intrigued mm -hmm. by, which is their, um, the, basically the rotomation functionality. Have mm -hmm. you used it by the way in 3D equalizer? Not in 3D equalizer. I was talking about it like today and yesterday. It's, it's some, it's one of the, 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 something that I need to like look into. I, I realized, I realized the more I use 3D equalizer, it's like, I feel like there's like 80% of it yeah, that I still it's, haven't. It's always, it's, it's always be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I find things yeah. in synthize still where I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. That yeah. feature in 3D equalizer I'm really intrigued by because it, you know, right. you, you basically, after you get your camera solve, you find out what your lens is. And then you, you know, you say mm -hmm. this tracker here connects to this mm -hmm. tracker. And then I'm going to make this length from that tracker mm -hmm. to that tracker, like the, the length that we measured on that actor and then solve mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then you can look at the results. I can do a, a lot of that um, using mm -hmm. GOH tracking in Synthize as it is. I yeah. think that um, it could be made better. The other thing about both pieces okay. of software, 3D equalizer and Synthize, when it comes to rotomation is that I, yep. I wish I could import someone else's rig and then Mm -hmm. work directly on the rig. I'm, sure. I think I'm asking too much because I really <laughs> am. I mean, I've seen like, you see how complicated rigs can be like yeah. this one control only controls mm. like this yep. rotation of that. Yep. And then like, now I'm going to drive every single one of those. So now you've got to set up a rig on top of that rig mm -hmm. within your 3d tracking software. Ooh, yeah, mm. that's yeah. tricky. Um, I think you might at that point be better off with something like Scene Genie way back in the old days. Right. Where, you, mm. where you're right in the software and you say, okay, I'm going to control this bone rotation mm -hmm. on the, on the you know, Y-axis using yeah. this controller and mm -hmm. give it this range limit and, you know, and then increase the mm -hmm. tension as it approaches the ends of its range limit. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing 3D tracking solutions, if you're so solving from the 2D photography, then you really shouldn't mm -hmm. have to worry about that if your solve is good, because it sure. will be in it'll it'll mimic reality. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's intriguing to me about 3D Equalizer. Um, mm -hmm. Then everything else becomes a not everything else, but a lot of other things become a one-to-one mm -hmm. -one comparison. I do not mm -hmm. like 2D tracking and 3D equalizer nearly as right. much as the 2D tracking and synthesizer. Supervised, as in, as in manual, manual supervised tracking. 2D tracking, which on all okay. the, the hardest shots, yeah. often is just all supervised 2D trackers. Mm -hmm. uh, synthesize from everything I've ever looked at has the best 2D mm -hmm. tracking system in the world without right. even a close comparison. But there are sure. things that are great in 3D Equalizer about the 2D tracker. Like the yep. search area, 
internally mm-hmm. is getting mm-hmm. blurred. Mm-hmm. So the tracks have less high frequency noise. Yeah, sure, so yeah. the tracks always look like really smooth. I'm like, wow, that's such a great 2D track. Mm-hmm. In synthize, I've got to blur the entire image. All right. Okay. So that's a bit of an issue. Um, our whole pipeline, we denoise everything using Neat Video. Sure. So we denoise mm-hmm. everything in Neat Video. So that never becomes an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there are a lot of things that are great about mm-hmm. 3D Equalizer. There are yeah. some things that I'm like, I this could be improved to make it easier for me to use. And then there are things about mm-hmm. synthize where I'm like, this definitely needs improvement. And uh, and then, you know, there are just pieces of software I just, I don't, I won't even bother trying to use anymore. Sure, PF yeah. Track probably yeah. being one of them. I mean, like there were some great things in PF Track. Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I loved, I, I used to love it. The yeah, soft, just... the deformation tracking. But mm-hmm. all of that, yeah. I can do in synthize. But boy, wow, okay. they were really kind of ahead of the game there for a minute. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Have you have you ever felt um, a bit um, unappreciated as a, as a match move artist? Because it's been a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. That, that, <laughs> well, that, but you know, <laughs> I I joked around about capitalism earlier. But I can mm. continue to joke around about capitalism. Here's the thing. When you're working in mm. a company, I think there are only two classes. I don't think there's a middle class. I don't think there's a lower <laughs> class. I don't think there's an upper class. Mm. I think there's a worker class. And I think that yep. there's a, a an owner class. That's it. So if the worker class, yep. you've got people who make less money in the worker class. And you have people mm. who make more money in the worker class. But the minute these people yep. start fighting each other, there, it's like the people who really have all the power love that you're fighting mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. So when I yeah. see people like, oh yeah, roto artists, or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, stop fighting, stop fighting, stop diminishing <laughs> yeah. the contribution yeah. of these people. Because I've done yeah. your job, I can do your job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I can do everybody's yeah. job in the middle. I just. <laughs> I love 3D tracking and I know that you cannot yeah. do the best visual effects shots that are done today mm-hmm. without unbelievably yeah. good 3D tracking. Mm-hmm. So take 3D tracking yeah. out of the mix. Go have fun, guys. Yeah. You're so good. <laughs> but stop fighting. I'm not even going to say something like that to them. I'm going to say, hey, mm-hmm. let's stop with with this yep. demeaning attitude about, because yep. even within the 2d tracking world mm-hmm. so the way our pipeline is set up like our our junior most artists just mm-hmm. do 2d track that's all okay. they do they pass the 2d tracks okay. off into the solvers and then the solvers okay. solve the shot and then that gets passed right. off to QC and then QC evaluates uh, and they go, Oh no, this is, and then it all gets kicked back internally. The right. client never sees that's anything. Mm-hmm. Every single, mm-hmm. we have a virtually zero kickback rate mm-hmm. because sure, of that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even within that structure, the 2d trackers, well, they're going to get paid less because they have mm-hmm. a less of a, a volume of knowledge. 
and they mm -hmm. can do less of the process. But the more you move up mm -hmm. to the higher, you'll get more money. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're less of a contributor. Sure, of course, yeah. It just means that we live in this capitalist yeah. society where everything has to be monetized. Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. You tell us a bit about your your company and. <laughs> yes, company. The new mm. company name is the Match Moving Company. The amazing That's name. What we do. That's <laughs> all we do. People call all the time and they're like, "Hey, yeah. do you do Roto too?" And I'm like, "Nope." Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Match I mean, Moving Company. I guess with with all of the things that you'd like to be implemented in in the industry who do you think is the best body to 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 put these changes if, if i i think you know i've been there since the very beginning when mm. we went from practical models i knew a guy named paul guglielmo and he worked for a company called mm -hmm. image g Image G was a motion control camera company and they would mm -hmm. shoot all the model shots for Star Trek Voyager. Mm -hmm. And I had this conversation with Paul. I said, you know, I'm going to take your job. I'm not saying this in a malicious way. I'm not saying it in a malevolent way. I'm not saying it in a threatening yeah. way. It's just going to happen. And he's like, that's mm -hmm. never going to happen. That was him back then. I'm sure he has a very different opinion right. now, but you know, we, and we were both mm -hmm. much younger and I was a huge jerk back then. So, so <laughs> but I told him we're, you know, I'm going to take your job and mm -hmm. all of this model work is going to end up in a computer and there's not a lot you could do about that. And at the mm -hmm. same time, because there were only a few people who could do the work on these computers, mm -hmm. well, those companies, the, the people who own those computers, the, that, Mm -hmm. would ran these little VFX companies would charge yeah. the studios an arm and a leg. They would charge them mm -hmm. so much money. And we were paid as artists. We were paid a lot in some cases. And we got paid more in 1994 dollars, mm -hmm. dollar for dollar of course. than now. Like yeah. it's insane yeah. how much money was made back then. And so any talk back then of like, hey, you know, everybody else in the industry has a trade union. And we should probably think about having a trade union. Well, all the artists were like, what are you kidding? We're making so much money. We have so much power. That will never happen. And then and then the talks started to turn into like union busting talks like, oh, they'll just blacklist us. And then all the while, yeah. all the, all, and then they'll just offshore the jobs. All the mm -hmm. while, the studios were offshoring the jobs. They mm -hmm. were doing all the things already that all the artists were afraid of. And now I think mm -hmm. that ship has sailed. And now all the artists are like, you know, there's no union protection at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. there's there can be a lot of abuse, which I've seen, sure. but not firsthand. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've never really worked in a company where that was abusing the workers firsthand, from a sure. you know worker standpoint. But when you ask like what body should be mm -hmm. taking this all into consideration, mm -hmm. I would say the visual effects artists, 
every one of them, all right. of them mm-hmm. come together mm-hmm. and start and you need to form a trade union, a trade union. You can't do it like Starbucks mm-hmm. here in the US, like every Starbucks store is unionizing or like, oh, we're sure, just yeah. going to we're going to unionize the mill. You yeah. got to actually have a trade union like the Editors Guild or the Screen Actors Guild or the Cinematographers Guild where mm-hmm. if and then you've got to become powerful enough to force the studio to become a signatory. If you want the best talent, mm-hmm. you have to become a signatory. That sure. that I think in the future with all that we talked about with you know, when AI sweeps in and starts taking the jobs, mm-hmm. starts got to start protecting yourself as a group. You're only strong mm-hmm. together. It's all, it's all yeah, the sure, people. Yeah. It's all about the people. Mm-hmm. Make friends, yeah. organize, come together. Yeah. Yeah. Before we, we, we end it, I'd love to get people to check out your YouTube channel. So just, can you just give us the, the, channel name yeah, or if you, how if you to go find on youtube it on... and you just do a search for matthew murkovich with two, with two t's yep. <laughs> yep and also for how do people get in touch with you um in terms of boy, the boy, that's company a... well for the math moving stuff <laughs> that's easy yep. um i mean like i said the company's going through a transformation right now so we're mm-hmm. you know we have to build out the new website the the problem i have mm-hmm. is that they're only 24 hours in a day and it's, um, I have to, uh, work on getting the new website made, but if you just go to mattmerk.com, you'll, you'll be able Mm -hmm. there'll be contact information in there. And there's like a little page that says, Hey, are you interested in having some match moving done? You know, these are just the the couple of things that we would need to do that. And then, so Mm -hmm. go to mattmerk.com for that. Uh, But I'm generally not on social media. I, of course, I yeah. Eliminated so much of that from my life. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. It's good. Thank you so much. Pleasure was all mine. It's been, it's been an honor having you, and it's been, it's been an honor having you. Thank you. Yeah, great. Your 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 experience is in, immense, and it's just you know, continuing to. You're like, great. Grow, <laughs> you're great. <laughs> Hey, and welcome to the VFX Artist Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying our episodes. Thank you so much for all your support. We really appreciate it. If you are watching this episode on YouTube and you are not currently subscribed to our channel, we'd love for you to hit the subscribe button. If you are listening to this episode on our audio platforms and you have the option to rate and review our episodes or our podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and or a review.